While you guys are going to uh, Matthew chapter 8, uh, I'm going to uh, um, open up with a chef. I mean, open myself up with prayer. Father God, we'll give you praise, honor, and glory. We thank you for your word, Father God, for you sent your word, Father God. Your word, your, your word tells us that you sent your word. Your word is how we get in contact with you, Father God. Your word is everything about everything that we need to know about you. It is in your word, Father God. So as for the people who want to learn, revelation knowledge is available. Then now another set of people who just know God and they'll never know until that hunger pops in. And when that hunger pops in, Glory to God. You are right there to feel that hunger, Father God, through your word. So we bind Satan over this right now. We bind him over all the, I mean, over the, uh, from the beginning, we bind you up right now. We put you in handcuffs until you know you don't have no part of this. So, Father God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that through him, Father God, we have all the help that we will possibly need to make it through this life in Jesus' name. So, Dad, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for loving us, Father God. Thank you for just wanting to be a part of our lives, Father God. And we want to thank you for the abundant life that you came, that we might have it. So, Father God, we're going to dig. We're going to get our abundant life. We're going to walk in health. We're going to walk in wealth. Hallelujah. We're going to walk in peace in every area of our lives. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Let's, let's zoom over to Matthew chapter 8. It's almost to the point where I can almost quote that thing because, like I said, every time I minister, man, I will use it because I'm like, if, if, uh, if God saved 20, uh, 2021, it's a year of great faith. Man, let's look at great faith. Hallelujah. Let's look at that and see what and see what he's trying to tell us. So let's start at uh, let's start at the um, actually verse five. OK. And when Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. And remember, a centurion is a guy. Let's just say he's something like a sergeant. He was over 100 people or more. Let's just say for this teaching, he was over 100. So. Uh, remember, this guy understood some stuff because he was a centurion. He was over people. OK, so he knew how to handle some things. Hallelujah. And verse six says, and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tor tormented. That means that this guy was very sick. And let's go back and look at something. This centurion, he was not. I'm just going to use the word. He was not a Christian. He was not a Jewish person. And you have to remember now that Jesus came to teach the gospel to the Jewish people only. I mean, that was that was his mission. Go finish up this old covenant. And this guy was not a Jew. He was a, a Roman soldier, so to speak. And saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And look at verse seven. I, I want you all to get out. I want you to get an understanding of this. Look what Jesus said. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. I've been meditating on this, on, on this and begin to see how God, I mean, God want to come to you. Hallelujah. You don't have to seek God out. 
God wants to come unto you. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. And look at verse eight. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Okay. Uh, I think the Holy Spirit wants me to go back to verse seven. I just feel like I didn't, didn't say enough. He said, I will come and heal him. Jesus want to come unto you. Uh, I think last week I made mention of, y'all remember when David, the sheep, the, the little guy that was out there herding the sheep, you know, just out there watching the sheep and, and taking, care, taking care of them. The prophet, God's man, the prophet Samuel came to him and anointed him. Now, David didn't go running. He wasn't begging. He wasn't even looking for none of this. He just, the uh, God decided that, hey, that's my man. Go anoint him. Go make him king. So what I want y'all to see is God want this thing to happen even more than you do. Hallelujah. He wants to, He want you to have it more than you do. And the centurion answered verse eight and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but here we go. Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Um, family, this is going to be the, this would be the, the, I call it the whole thing of what we're doing. Speak the word only. This is where we are going. Speak the word only. Everybody say that. Speak the word only. Hallelujah. This is where you are going. This is what you will be doing. This is what God wants you to do is say what I say. Jesus was so successful because he said, I only say, uh, say what my father say. Uh, I only do what I see my father doing. That's what made Jesus so successful. Hallelujah. I mean, the guy was tempted in every area, but he didn't fall because he always said or uh, did what he saw his father doing. Glory to God. That's just big. He said, speak the word only. Hallelujah. Okay. He says, for I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily, I say unto you, I have not found so. Here we go. Great faith, no, not in Israel. So here this guy is. He was not even of the uh, of God's family. He had more faith than God's people did. You know, we meet people like that right now. We meet people out in the world. Them folk got more faith than we have. I mean, they have worked. They have figured out how to get it done. And sometimes we look back and say, oh, how did they do that? Oh, man. You know, look at, I mean, you know, look at Jeff Basil, all them guys. Good, great. Here they are. They, they so rich they built their own uh, 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 spaceship and got out of this earth and went to the, uh, what, went to the, uh, went up to the, uh, to the edge of outer space. I mean, what happened? Glory to God. Then we got Christians, some of them on the street begging for money. I mean, God's people who shouldn't have to be in that position. Well, it's what they have gotten a hope to, what they speak out of their own mouth. So what I want y'all to see in this is that great faith is where you are going. Okay. Now let's skip down to verse 13, because this is what great faith do for you. And Jesus said unto the centurion, 
Go thy way, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. So the whole thing about having great faith is, I mean, you know, the, the more faith you have, the more you can believe. Um, the reason some folk can't believe God, because they don't know what God said about it. And once you figure out what God said about it and you meditate and you meditate and you say it and you say it and you continue to say it, this thing will happen in your life. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm reminded of when I first started to learn all of this uh, way back when I was uh, come up with Ajax Roofing way back in the name of man. I'm, I'm trying to get this thing started and uh, I had no clue how to get people to work for me. Uh, I mean, to work for and Charles Cap taught a message called calling those things that are not as though they were. And I heard it and I heard it and I heard it so much until I wore out three sets of cassette tapes. But at the end of the teaching, Pastor Dollar did a confession and I was not uh, familiar with confession, you know, confessing the word, speaking the word. I just wasn't. So because I just wasn't, man, I was in a great church and, we thought we had it going on, but here we go. I wrote down that confession, put it in my truck, and uh, I would ride around, you know, just saying it, just saying it. Then it come to the point where I said it so much until I memorized the thing. So when I'm going anywhere, man, I just say that stuff. And family, I cannot tell you when, but one day, all that stuff that I had been saying, it started to come to pass. And I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know what was happening to me. But later on, because God, God has been teaching me uh, line upon line, here a little, there a little. I mean, that's that's just the way I learned. This, this has not been no big, what, I learned everything at one time. No, man, this is a process. The just shall live by faith. That's what God has been, uh, uh, has teaching me. And now I can teach somebody else the just shall live by faith, you know. Not to get a new car, not to get a new job, even though that's a part of it. This is the way we live every day. Hallelujah. This is the way you live every day. So the just shall live by faith. But I started saying what was on that confession. And, and one part that I want to skip to is that where I would say men come in my pathway and do things for me that I have not even asked them for. And um, uh, I remember so vividly that uh, I went to Healy Brown Roofing Place to buy a part for my air compressor. And uh, the man didn't have it, but he befriended me. He started talking to me. And before I knew it, man, I, I had been over there an hour and he was walking me through the plant. And I'm looking around trying to figure out why is this man taking me through this plant? He don't know me. I mean, I'm going through places I just never knew existed in that building. But what he did was he had a, a secret place where he would keep all his tools and stuff. And he had two air guns back there. And uh, he said he did not like that brand name, uh, Boss Ditch. And he said, uh, I'll sell you two of them, these two guns for $50. And Cornerstone at that time, I did not have a roofing air gun. I had a, a stapler. So he sold those two, two things. And then he told me where to go buy the uh, kit for them and where to go to buy, buy the part that I needed for him. I mean, for my uh, air compressor. So when I went to this other place, I'm on Fulton Industrial Boulevard. I went in and bought the part I needed and the part cost, I think it was $60. And I think I had $72 uh, total. So I asked the man, give me the price 
on me a kit that I need to rebuild a gun. And he said, okay. And then he told one of the technicians, go to your truck and bring in a kit for an RN45 gun. And I told him, man, I said, no, I, I don't want to buy it. I just want to know how much it costs because <laughs> I don't have money. And he said, hold on, son, I'm going to give it to you. <clears throat> and family, my eyes bucked. I went in that truck and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to tell you all the truth. I cried because I couldn't figure out how come these people are being so nice to me? They don't know me. They never seen me before in my life. But what it was, I had been saying men come in my pathway, do things for me that I have not even asked them for. So why am I telling you guys this story? If you say what God say on a continual basis, it will come to you. Like Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. You keep saying what God say, family, it will come to you. Hallelujah. It will come to you. All you got to do is, is get this in your heart. While I'm talking, um, go to John 15, verse 7, because I want to show you the other side of this. If you say what God say, it will come to you. Now, in the process of it coming, I tell you, it's going to be a lot of downfalls. I mean, it's going to be it's just stuff that will happen just to show you where it ain't working. But yes, it is. Uh, go to John 15 and remember these scriptures because uh, over the course of time, you're going to hear them over and over. And when you start to practice these scriptures and you start to say them and they start to get on the inside of you, because um, uh, I heard what John said. He used that word revelation knowledge and revelation knowledge is the key to everything that God has for you. It must be uh, revealed to you. So look at John 15, verse 7, and it says, if you abide in me, okay, that means get born again. That means get saved. When you say, Jesus, become the Lord of my life, you say, if you abide in me, and then he says this, and my words abide in you. He say, if my word abide in you, well, what that mean? That mean it lives in you. It's not a passing thing. You know, you know how uh, you, 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 you heard something and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I heard about Jesus Christ from here, but it's not it's not residing in you. You know, it's just not there. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then he says this. You shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. OK. Now, let me show you all something about this scripture that I dug around this thing, man. I, I, was at, I was after something, and I noticed something. It says, you shall ask. This word ask, A-S-K, it does not mean ask the way you think. Uh, this word means demand, okay? So if God's word, if you are in God, and God's word in you, abides in you, he said, you shall demand what you will. And it shall be done unto you. Hallelujah. Oh, family, listen to this. If God's word abide in you, I mean, you know, not a passing thought. If it lives there, you can put a demand on that word that's in you. And when you put a demand on the word that's in you, I mean, it's going to happen. And then uh, 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 Charles Caps hit me with this scripture. Uh, you know how I'm going to tell you how God is, man. If you want to know something. He going to put that person in your pathway. You may not hear a word from God himself, but you're going to run across that answer. Somebody going to say it. 
And Charles Cap said, Charles Cap said this family. He said, demand is almost is 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 very similar to you having money in the bank. Okay. Now, money in the bank and my word abiding, God's word abiding you, that means it's in there. Okay. Then he said, when you use your, when you write a check or you use your debit card, you are putting a demand on what you already have. And man, I just thought, I said, listen to this. Oh, this is big stuff. You are putting a demand. When you use your debit card or you write a check, you putting a demand on what you already have. I said, boy, this, <laughs> I see this now. So family, when the word abides in you now, when you have a revelation knowledge of this, okay, when it's in there, you put a demand on what's in you, okay? Now, uh, a lot of times uh, when I first started learning this, uh, man, I, I tried to jump the gun. I, I, You know, I would hear faith teaching and hear people say, you can have what you say. Oh, man, I tried to have what I say, but it wasn't abiding in me. It was not there. I thought, it, you know, from, from the way I heard it, that's what it sounded like. But then one day I got a hope to all these, you know, I started listening to all these faith teachers. And then I began to see, well, this don't work the way I think it works. This is a, this is why the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Because you're not going to deal with that, but you don't think you're going to get the, uh, I'm, I'm going to do this and get this. No, 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 family. You are going to go step by step. Uh, a lot of things that the Holy Spirit showed me as I was learning this, um, like it's it's almost like you're going from grade one through 12, okay? And when you get so far up and you decide that you're going to try to, oh yeah, I, I know something now that you're going to skip. From grade five to six, uh, five to seven, no, you got to go back and pick up grade number six. You got to go through every step. Hallelujah! Uh, this is found over in Romans chapter four, where it deals with Abraham being the father of faith. Abraham had steps that he had to go through. So we gonna do the same thing. We go through steps, and as we go through the steps, uh, as you would, then you would notice that your faith grows higher and higher. Hallelujah. Okay, now I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I had written down everything differently, but because of what I heard John say in his opening, I mean everything just kind of exploded a different way. So I'll be doing a lot of that because I thank God that He has really deposited a lot in me. And at certain, you know, at times, only when you need it, it'll come out. It's just not, it's not like I can just go around just sitting in that wheel. It just come out when I need it. Okay. So going back to this, great faith is what is required of us. Uh, faith is the substance. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going too fast. Hebrews 11. One. Let's look at that. Let's get a visual on it. Hebrews 11. One. Okay, Hebrews 11.1, 1. now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, the way I've been taught is that every time that you say now, it upgrades itself. <laughs> if you say now, then you say now again, it just upgraded. Hallelujah. You know, just like uh, um, just upgraded our telephones, it's an upgrade. Every time you say now. So, you know, you can't look and say, no, that's in the past. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Glory to God. 
And look at verse six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So what's this deal about faith? Okay. Faith is this. If you um if you're sick, and I love to quote 1 Peter 2:24, who his own self bear our sins in his body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Okay, then I had to find out that faith comes by hearing. So if faith comes by hearing, that means that you got to hear this on a regular basis, okay? It don't say having heard. As I talk to people in, the, you know, uh, on my daily, uh, in my daily walk, when I talk to people and I listen to them, uh, millions of people know that by Jesus stripes ye were healed. But I finally figured out one day I know when somebody know what they're talking about versus on something that they heard. A lot of people have heard that by Jesus stripes ye were healed. They they heard that, but then faith comes by hearing. I, I want to draw this distinction because I want you guys to know that you're going to have to spend some time with the word of God to get to, I call it to extract faith, you know, uh, 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 probably use some uh, uh, some uh, flavoring, vanilla extract, uh, lemon extract. You know, you have to take the word of God and you have to extract, you have to pull that faith out of it and you're going to pull that faith out of that word by hearing it, you know, by by hearing it, by, by, by you uh, regurgitating it, say it, Boom, bring it back up. Boom, just over and over and over and over. I mean, it gets to the point where you get tired of it, but once you get tired of it, you keep on going because guess what? It's coming. Uh, I wish I can tell y'all that everything works overnight, uh, but it don't. You set your goal uh, from the word of God and you simply go from there. Hallelujah. Okay, so we're going to do a lot of this. Uh, this is kind of an advance. Uh, I didn't want to get this advanced at first, but on the other hand, we're going to start. Uh, this is a start uh, to let you guys know that, yes, it's going to take some um, uh, great faith. Uh, I just simply believe that God is going to start feeding stuff into you for other people. And you even have to have great faith to even say what God uh, um, has given unto you. Uh, kind of like talking to a friend of mine. And he was talking about, uh, you know, his his pastor hadn't been at church because his wife is sick. And he said, I think they was on vacation and she got sick during the time that they were on vacation. But even when she got home, she had to be rushed back to the hospital. But in the midst of him just talking, I finally said, I said, I said, sound like the pastor's wife is in disobedience. I said, something that she ain't doing. And he looked, I mean, he, he said, no, the Holy Spirit is using you. He said, I'm not talking about the pastor's wife, but she is. So I'm saying that to say this. There's a lot of times God will just give you something. I mean, you will know what's wrong and you have to have great faith um, uh, even to say it. OK, so we're going to get on. We're going to get into a lot of this. Uh, you guys have ministry gifts on the inside of you. We're going to even get into that 
um, uh, also. Okay, so uh, don't run around. We, we want to do it in about an hour's time. So, do anybody have any questions so far or comments? That be it. Co questions or comments? Anybody have anything right now? We are in the beginning stages, and but let's 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 hear what you guys get help. When you talk about um, back in John fifteen seven. Yeah, we said you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done. But asking uh -huh. in this sense means demand. Right? How? Like I feel like I know what that means because, um, like that's all I've been taught. Like, you know, you don't like you when you talk to God when you talk to God about something. Like you might ask that first time, but after that. It's like you, you know, you speak it into existence. Uh -huh. How how do you explain that to somebody else who may say, "I don't feel I'm like I don't feel comfortable demanding something from God." Should I really? Should I be demanding something from God? Well, see, that's like, a I, uh, yeah. I love how you ask that, but uh, and this is the way I was taught, and it's, it, it it comes to be very simple. You are not demanding from God. Mm -hmm. You. You're putting a demand on his word on what he said. Okay. You know, it's like, uh, and, 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 uh, and this is one thing I know that you yourself is very good at. If you buy something and you have read on that contract what that, uh, what, uh, uh, what those people, I mean, what, uh, let me get it, let me get my words right. Yeah. And you read uh, on a return policy, you know, of what they said they're going to do. OK. Uh, and then when they don't do it, I mean, you can you, you put a demand on what they said. You said, no, it's written right here. Y'all said this is what y'all will do. All right. Well, you're not so much of putting a demand on that. Uh, let's just say on that person. You put a demand on what was written down. OK, I hope I'm saying that just right. So, no, you're not demanding God. And we're going to get into that deeper because. Uh, this actually scares people because they think they're putting a demand on God and that, that God is unapproachable in that sense. But you're not. You're just putting a demand on what was written down. And to expand on that, to make it bigger, um, uh, let's go back to the book of Genesis. Uh, I just want y'all to see. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to take you to no scriptures because uh, we're going to, I'm just going to kind of show you a picture of something. Remember this. God created this world, okay? He created it. He put everything in it. I want y'all to see this. He put everything in this earth. Then he created Adam. When Adam was created, everything was already here. And then God gave it to Adam, okay? So God created the heavens and the earth. Then once it was created, boom. He made Adam and then he put Adam in control over everything to the point where he told Adam, you know, name them animals right there, you know, name everything. And then uh, we don't realize this, but Adam even named his wife. He didn't call her Eve. As far as God was concerned, they were Adam because she came from Adam. He didn't name her Eve and call her mother of all living. I mean, he did that. So it was in his control to do everything because it all belonged to him. God created the heavens and the earth and the earth, 
he gave it to Adam. So everything is already here. All right. Then when Satan come along, he stole from Adam all the authority, all the power that God had given Adam. Okay. And he became the God of this earth instead of God. So God wanted to have it back. So he brought in Jesus. He sent us Jesus to be just like us. In fact, the Bible called Jesus the second Adam. And when he came back and took back from the devil everything he stole, all he did was, was now. And then when you got born again, okay, God literally adopted you. And when he adopted you, that put everything back in your hands because, you know, it's, uh, yeah, everything came back into your hands, but you have to do it by faith. I hope that, I hope I'm explaining that just right. Because I know people have trouble understanding because they think they are putting a demand on God, but you're not. This is what you call, you knowing your rights. You know what God has given you. You guys remember, um, if I find the scripture real quick, I want to try to look at it. I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Let me, let me run over that to it. It could be. I think it's might be chapter 2. But I'm going to quote it because y'all know it. The Bible says that every promise of God is what? Yes and amen. Mm -hmm. See, every, everything that God has given unto you, it's already, the answer is already yes. So, but when you get it on the inside of you, and when you know that you know that you know that it's yours, uh, there's no problem. And you're going to run across a lot of people who don't know that. Um, yeah, you just you just going to run into them because they think they're demanding God. But they're not. You're just putting a demand on what God has already said. And I'm going to tell you guys something. It pleases God when he knows that you know what he already said. In fact, there's a scripture where God said, put me in remembrance of what I said. <laughs> Glory to God. Okay. That, did, that, did that help you? Okay. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We'll look at verse 20. I want y'all to see these. It says, for all the promises of God in him, that mean in Jesus, are yea and in him a man. Okay. Now, let's go back to 19. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Savannah and Timothy, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. All he's saying is that, you know how people, yeah, y'all know how we've been taught when it says, uh, some somebody say, well, God said, wait a while, you know, all this kind of stuff. That go against scripture because the Bible says every promise of God is yes and a man and when you and when you get that established on the inside of you that every promise of God is yes and a man hallelujah like I said we're gonna go over this stuff over and over and over until it literally becomes a part of you okay can you just expound on that more so you know we can get a bigger picture uh, all of us have to deal with this uh speaking the word only because your circumstance is going to look like hey man this ain't happening i mean you even get to the point where you will literally quit because now i'm gonna say it this way because you don't see no results 
And you have to remember, when you're dealing with the word of God, you're dealing with a spiritual thing, okay? And we keep trying to measure the spiritual thing by the fleshly thing, by, you know, going back to our five physical senses, all right? Um, so what you have to do is, this is where you meditate on this word long enough until you are convinced on the inside of you. I don't care who says what or what. You have to, this is where you have to do this. And uh, it depends on your level of, uh, uh, of unbelief. If you have a lot of unbelief in you, you're going to have to really step up your quoting or saying what God say. Uh, even if you went to the doctor and the doctor told you um, this is going to happen to you. Uh, we used to sing a, 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 a song, whose report are you going to believe? Now, if God say you're rich and, and Satan is constantly stealing your money, then you're going to have to figure out how to make that happen, uh, how to make him stop. You're going to figure out, well, what am I doing wrong? You know, what's going on? Lord, you said I'm rich. How come every time I look around, I ain't got nothing? Well, see, when you start doing that, uh, if you say that long enough, you have faith in I ain't got nothing. I don't have enough. What, uh, back when Marquise was in the uh, in the hospital, um, we was down there, and, and Jan, you know, and Jam was right there in Marquise's face, you know, because he was he was really holding on to to uh, uh, to y'all uh, to to Jan. And I'm sitting back observing. And then I told Jen, I said, you know something? I said, you know, Marquise is of, uh, you know, Mar Marquise is, is of, of age of accountability. We are limited on how we can actually pray for Marquise. And Jan thought about that thing and, and she got back in his face and, you know, and, you know, just telling him stuff. And then one day, one day we went down there and Marquise looked at Jan and, and in her face and he said, the devil is not going to defeat me in this. And family, when he said that, all of a sudden, I mean, things broke because we were limited. You know, oh, God, uh, heal Marquise. You know, that's about the best we could do it. Marquise, Marquise, you say by Jesus Christ, you're healed. But when he opened his mouth and said he would not be defeated in this, it changed the whole atmosphere because now, we know exactly how to pray. And then God starts sending people in his pathway, in Jan pathway. I think Jan was in Marquis' room down there in Florida uh, when we was in Jacksonville. She was singing a song to him and uh, a security guard came by and spoke a word. Mm -hmm. Family, as this, as you get this word to come out of your mouth, I mean, in the crux, so even at the time where it looked like it just ain't going to happen. You keep saying what God said. And eventually, you're going to have what you say. I am a big time believer on you going to have what you say. Uh, I study people. I listen to people. You know, I go back and forth. I, I talk to them because I'm finally figured that thing out. You will eventually have what you say. Okay. Anything else? I hope I explained that pretty good. Even when you're dealing with your, uh, with uh, uh, one of the things that I want to talk about this morning is Isaiah chapter 54, uh, verse, I think it's verse 13, where it says, all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. Okay, thank you, Lord. And it says, great peace. <laughs> great peace.
great shall be the peace of thy children. That ties, now that, now say it all ties in together. Great. Great mean abundance of, you know, if you're going to, if, if you're going to have great faith, you're going to have a, you're going to have an abundance of how this thing operates. All our children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of our children. Great peace you have, uh, even though the devil going to show you signs where it ain't working. No, you keep saying what God say. Uh, even like when you guys was growing up, uh, uh, we would, we would teach you all how to pray. I mean, at one point, Dustin had that prayer down. Uh, he had his prayer and his confession all tied in together so smoothly until he can just run through it, okay? Get your children on the same level because really their faith has to be greater than your faith because they're going to go through more than what y'all went through, such as you guys are going through more than what Jan and I went through at that same time because, you know, things are changing. So we'll get into more of that um, uh, on the next teaching, uh, Isaiah 53, 14, uh, 13. Uh, all thy children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of the, uh, uh, of your children. Glory to God. Anything else? Any more questions? Any more comments? That's it. I am so happy uh, and just blessed to get this started. Um, uh, we'll go over some of the same things ne next week because you got to understand our family faith comes by hearing. Uh, sometimes you can test your own self even right now. And, you know, when you sit down in your quiet time and see what comes up to your mind a lot, you know, is it the word of God or is it whatever you're doing? You know, it's just a, it, it's kind of a way of a, uh, a testing yourself to see where you really are. You know, uh, you're going through something. What scriptures do you have? And that's something that uh, we, we can look at also um, is bringing up the scriptures that we need for what we are uh, going through. Uh, one, of the, one of the other things that I want to discuss and we remind me we'll get it next week is when you're going through stuff, shut your mouth. Don't tell everybody because there are people out here who don't like you no way, okay? And then they can take their power and start to spread negative stuff out against you and literally hold you back. We don't, you know, we don't talk about this much. Uh, in fact, we don't talk about this at all. But you start telling, uh, uh, you start telling stuff that you're going through and these people that don't like you, yeah, your enemies, man, they start to spread this thing. And before you know it, you don't you, you you having a uh, you got a big fight on your hand. You can't figure out why it may be because you said the wrong thing. And, and I give you a quick example. Uh, uh, this 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 last fall I had last year when I fell and, and I broke my ribs. Um, I was very, very, very limited on who knew this. Uh, you as a family knew it and some of the people that I work for. But I wouldn't let that thing out because. What was going to happen was when I say something, the first thing they would say, you know, oh, man, you too old. You need to stay off them ladders, you know. OK, now that don't sound like much. But what it do is what it does is when that when you hear that so much, it starts to weigh heavy on my faith. You know, so once I did say something uh, and they come up with that comment, I would I would uh, I would uh, come out real fast. I say, nope, you know, I, I just wouldn't let it get in me. So be careful when you're going through stuff. 
and you go to telling somebody, be careful what you say. Try to try to keep everything you say in the line of faith. You know, somebody might say, man, it's about time you retired. I might, and I say something like, oh, probably at 85. And then I will say something like, you know, something since I love what I do so much, I don't have to retire because when I go on, when I go to work, it's like I'm going out to have fun. You know, you have you are the one that we have to come up with the with, with how to respond when people come at you and and you and you want to keep this thing on a faith note. OK, I'll, I'll quit. I'm finished. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for blessing us. And Father God, I thank you that when I look at this computer and I see the participants, that this thing will fill up. We call it fool in Jesus name. A lot of people need to hear what thus said the Lord, and we want to give it to them that in in a in a common in a common way. No religion, none of that. Just basic, basic, basic. So, Dad, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for giving us a voice to speak your word. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.